Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Stars Daily Sports Podcast. It's Friday, November 4th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking Chiefs today. It's been a while. The Chiefs are coming off their bye week, and they were busy adding players like wide receiver Kadarius Toney, moving players like cornerback Rashad Fenton, getting back injured guys, figuring out what to do with the line without suspended defensive end Frank Clark. Busy, like I said. We'll talk about all of it today with star columnist Sam McDowell and beat writers Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell. The show started as a Sports Beat Live broadcast. Let's get started. Hey, good morning, and welcome to Sports Beat Live, our weekly conversation about the Kansas City Chiefs uh, with the folks in the media who know them best and with you. Please send us your questions and comments, and we'll talk Chiefs with you. It's been a while since we've done that. The Chiefs were on a bye. Last weekend, and so were we, uh, but we're coming to you today a little a day later than we usually do, but um, hopefully you found us, and um, hopefully you're not getting rained on. You know, I thought about this, guys. Jesse Newell, Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell are with us. I thought about this. We kind of represent different areas of the metro, and I don't know if the rain has hit you guys yet. It hasn't hit here uh, where I am, which is in the southern part of the metro, but when I went out and got the paper this morning, it was 66 degrees, and I'm looking at my phone. It's now 48, so I think the the bad stuff is is coming here. So um, stay dry, everybody, and um, and uh, and uh, stay and, and safe and warm. So um, okay, guys, it's been um, it's been a while since we have chatted, and so much has happened with the Chiefs, and I wanted to get right into it. Uh, they played the Tennessee Titans on Sunday. Night football, you know, I love the night games. I am so fired up for another night game. Uh, but what I, I was really surprised when the line came out. Uh, it started at 10 and a half, and I thought, well, that'll, that'll get bet down. It's Chiefs, Titans, two teams with the same record that are leading the division. And the line did not do that. The line went the other way. So, Jesse, I wanted to start with you. What's going on with this? Uh, division leaders playing – and I know it's an arrowhead, so that's an advantage for the Chiefs, and they have many advantages. But actually, the Chiefs have been a better road team, I think, this year. What's what's going on with the line? Yeah, I think a couple things. Uh, one is the Titans are sort of not what you think they are based on their record. And this happens all the time. It happens in college basketball. It happens in baseball where you can get a little bit um, deceived by the record, and that's sort of what's happened with the Titans. They've been amazing under Mike Vrabel and winning one score games, uh, you know, I put this in the uh, prediction post, but it was something crazy, like 17 and five or something in, in seven points or less games in the last three years. So that's really impressive, but it's not very sustainable. And it's really not sustainable when you play, you play good teams. And so that's sort of what happened with the Titans this year. They played at the bills, lost 41 to seven in that game. So um, it, things need to go right. You know, they, they have good special teams. They have good defensive line. Uh, but nothing that's not going right for them is potentially the quarterback. We saw Ryan Tannehill mispractice yesterday, and the drop from him to Malik Willis potentially is a pretty severe drop. So I think a lot of people were surprised by that 12-and-a-half line, but I think it is an indication of, one, you know, the Chiefs being the second or third best team in football, and then all these power rankings out there basically say that the Titans are a bottom-10 team in football, even if the record doesn't indicate it. So you combine that along with the quarterback situation the Titans have. And uh, this thing is sort of starting to get away from the Titans, and you can understand why that line might be a little bit bigger than other people think. 
Well, those of us that have seen Chiefs Titans games over the years, at least in the Andy Reid era, are um, <laughs> will suggest that history is on the side of the Titans in, in this game because it doesn't matter who has been the coach against Andy Reid. Go all the way back to Ken Wisenhunt. Um, <laughs> the, the the Titans have found a way to defeat the Chiefs, and they slobber knocked them last year in Nashville. So, Herbie, I, I I'm not um, I don't listen. It's it, the line is the line, and it really doesn't matter in the in the grand scheme of things, unless you know you're uh, you're putting a few shekels on the game. But it just it, it indicates the perception of of things, and um, and the perception is the Chiefs are two touchdowns better than a team that the Chiefs never seem to beat. Yeah, and I tend to agree. You know, going back to 2013, the Titans have won five of seven games against Andy Reid. I mean, and how is this happening? You know, it's kind of like the Colts. How are the Colts being? Uh, the Chiefs, but you know, with the Titans, it starts with obviously King Henry, Derrick Henry. He's on a tear. The the reigning AFC Offensive Player of the Month for the month of October. You know, 563 yards over the last four games. Now, granted, and I'm going to what, what Jesse said there is the opponents: the Indianapolis Colts twice, the Washington Commanders, and then last week's game against the Houston Texans where Henry gashed him for 200-plus yards. Tannehill didn't play. They went with Malik Harris. Malik Harris only attempted one pass in the second half. You know, he he spent all his time turning around and handing it off to Derrick Henry. The Chiefs, I think, this time around are better equipped to deal with Henry, the third-ranked rushing defense in the NFL. But it's all about Derrick Henry. The Chiefs stop him, make them one-dimensional. Yeah, I can see it why it's a two-touchdown favorite here. Better equipped to stop Henry, but um, Chiefs will be without Frank Clark, and they just traded away uh, a veteran cornerback in Rashad Fenton. Um, what kind of shape, Sam? What kind of shape are the, are the is the Chiefs' defense in right now with uh, with, with those losses? Uh, you know, I, I was thinking maybe they would pick up uh, you know, a, a defensive lineman before the trade deadline. That time came and went, and there was no uh, defensive addition. From the trade, you know, via trade, the Chiefs are getting back a starting cornerback this week, which is great news for for Kansas City. But um, but they go in a little bit shorthanded on the defensive side, don't they? Yeah, I think they're in better shape than they have been all year. I mean, Trent McDuffie is a bigger addition than any of those subtractions. They'll get Mike Dana back too, which I mean, the difference between him and Frank Clark is pretty negligible. I know Frank Clark played well in San Francisco, but really, that's as well as he's played all year. Um, and I mean, you lose Rashad Fenton and you gain Trent McDuffie, that's a massive addition. So I, I think they're in better shape than they have been for a long time. Now, when we talk about the fact that Willie Gay's missed four games this year, Trent McDuffie's only played a half, you can have both of those guys on the field. Um, so yeah, I think their defense is in really good shape, but I mean, you mentioned it, Blair, for whatever reason, this, this matchup has given Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes a lot of trouble. Um, and Mike Vrabel's a great coach. I mean, at some point, you know, the the one possession games, it, it, there's so many examples of it that it starts to become more of a trend than some sort of fluke. And I think the coach has a lot to do with it. What, what's really ironic about this matchup is they played at a very similar time last year to where the narrative about the Titans was the same. And it was similarly based on the advanced metrics you know football outsiders has hated the titans ever since mike brabel took over and they continue to win games last year they ended up at this the number one seed 
before they played the Chiefs. I think they had lost to the Jets two weeks earlier, last year's Jets uh, two weeks <laughs> earlier. Um, you know, the football outsiders hated their offense, hated their defense, and it's as bad as I've ever seen Patrick Mahomes play was that game last year in Tennessee. Um, so it's just it, – it's a weird one because all the metrics tell you that the line is accurate. And all of a sudden, it's – it's you know, if, if you're a better, for example, if you're a predictor of games, you don't look at series histories and things like that. It's just – it's so drastic that it, it it's tough for it not to be locked in your brain when this matchup comes. Yeah, no doubt. And in, in, in all those games um... – I think every one of the games that Andy Reid has lined up against the Titans, the Chiefs have been a favorite. Um, it goes, but goes back to 2013 when the Chiefs won. That was Andy Reid's only regular season victory over the Titans. To the opener in 2014 when that was the Ken Wisenhunt team, the Titans team that finished two and 14 beat the Chiefs in the opener that year. Um, you know, the the only. The, the only uh, the only victory since that first year for the Chiefs over the Titans was in the most important game that they played, the AFC Championship game after the 2019 season. But you know, Chiefs fans will never forget the playoff loss to the Titans, uh, the the 21-3 halftime lead that became a 22-21 loss and all the things that went wrong for the Chiefs in that game. It's just there's too many of them. There's just too many of them to just, just easily dismiss and um, and, and, and for anyway, in the memory of Chiefs fans to, to easily dismiss. And then, as you said, Sam, last year's game was such a train wreck. The worst loss for Patrick Mahomes in, in the regular season, the lowest uh, was 27 to three, and it was 27 to nothing, I believe, at halftime. And the three matched the lowest point total under Andy Reid. And uh, so just, just fresh in the memory is last year's game. But that was when the Chiefs, I believe, they started the nine game winning streak after that, did they not? Yeah, there was like a, a quasi-team meeting after that game. I mean, if, if you're, you know, somebody that, you know, was writing the the book on last year's Chiefs season and, you know, may, let's say before the AFC Championship game starts, you're probably using that game as like a reference point to say, this is when the Chiefs got it together. I mean, that, that was the, the most drastic of wake-up calls that Patrick Mahomes has had. It's the only regular season game that he has finished without leading at least one touchdown drive. I have to say regular season because he didn't lead one in the Super Bowl, you know, against right. Tampa either. But that 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 speaks pretty loudly when you talk about a guy who's who's you know been starting since 2018. I mean, this is his fifth year now, and there's only one regular season game in his entire career that he's not scored a touchdown, and that was it. And the previous time they went to Tennessee. I, it was the game where you could pick out, I think, about if one of eight plays in the final two minutes go their way, the Chiefs win the game, and they botch them all, including a field goal, um, you know, the, the hold of the field goal, by the way. Um, so it was just, I don't know, it's just this team, for whatever has for whatever reason, has their number. Um, I, I do think Vegas always seems to know something. And Ryan Tannehill has not practiced – did not practice on Thursday. You know, if you actually go deeper into the Vegas odds on this, they don't have the prop bets even up yet. And so mm -hmm. I think they're anticipating that it's it's very possible that Ryan Tannehill might not play. We might, we might see Malik Willis instead. In which case, everyone's probably going to say, okay, 12 and a half points makes a lot of sense. So I think that's maybe one thing that, that could be – 
more pertinent in this game than, than we've probably discussed in the first 10 minutes here. Just real quick, it is Malik Willis, not Malik Harris, like Herbie said earlier. I was Googling it. I was like, who is Malik Harris? I found a German singer. That was not it. I finally did search Malik Harris, Kansas State, and sure enough, there was a Kansas State basketball player named Malik Harris. So I knew that the reference was coming from the Wildcats. Sure enough, Herbie, you you made made the Titans into a Wildcat. <laughs> Uh, how about how about how about former K State players who've had good games against the Titans? Do you have do you have that at the tip of your tongue, Herbie? Or uh, actually, it was a Mizzou player last year that had a great game against the, the only probably the only Kansas City player that had a good game against Chief Nick Bolton um, had 15 tackles and four tackles for loss at that in that game at Nashville a year ago. Which leads me to this, Herbie. Um, the Chiefs actually had they used uh, they played their base four three defense a lot last year against Tennessee and that's that's for Derrick Henry right I mean um, yeah. uh, for the they had their three starting linebackers they didn't have um, Bolton played in the middle in that game last year because they didn't have Anthony Hitchens who was out with an injury but the three linebackers including Ben Neiman um, played at least sixty eight percent of the snaps a year ago which is much more than we usually see the Chiefs play their, their three linebackers. Do you, you think we might see the same thing on Sunday? Oh, absolutely, especially if it's Malik Willis at quarterback. I mean, when you look at the Titans receiving weapons, they don't have A.J. Brown anymore. They don't have Julio Jones anymore. Robert Woods, a castaway from the L.A. Rams, is now their leading receiver with 243 yards receiving. And, and, and then that's essentially it. And that's probably the reason why Malik Willis only attempted 10 passes last week. So you got to load up the box. Look, and, and even Steve Spagnuolo said it's no secret. He said Thursday, it's no secret. You know what you have to do. And then Carlos Dunlap says you got to tackle Derrick Henry's leg. So, you know, it's great that Trent McDuffie is back, but I don't think you have to worry too much about the Titans passing game. They are what they are. It's Derrick Henry and everything else. Let's be honest here, too, guys. I mean, this could go really sideways for the Titans. Um if the game stays close, you know, if the Chiefs like against the Colts, if they muff a punt, if something allows them to get up 7 nothing or 10 nothing, then, yeah, this could be a competitive game. This could be sort of like the pass. But if the Chiefs march down and get up 7 nothing or 10 nothing or 14 nothing, all of a sudden you've got the Titans with the worst offensive line when it comes to pass blocking in the NFL. You've got a third-round rookie quarterback who, as Herbie said, the Titans did not want to have him throw the football. And, oh, by the way, he's going to throw to weapons that are led by Robert Woods. I mean, again, Robert Woods is having a fine season, but this is not the sort of playmaker the Chiefs have faced with Devontae Adams, with Stephon Diggs, with whatever you want to go down the line with. So, and not only that, like the Chiefs get down 14 nothing. what do you have? Well, you still have Patrick Mahomes. You can go throw the ball around the park. You can score quickly. Um, there's still potential there. The, 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 the Titans here, they just have – a very slim margin for error here. They need to stay close. They need to keep it so they can run the football. They need to keep the ball out of their quarterback's hands, and they need to make it so that these small margins, whether it's turnovers, whether it's their really good special teams, can play a factor. But the problem is going against the Chiefs, especially on Sunday Night Football, is that sometimes the Chiefs can just overwhelm you. They can just be better. They can just win the game. And, and that's sort of where the Titans are at right now. It's going to be tough for the Titans to come out and overwhelm the Chiefs and win the game in that way. The Chiefs have that option available to them. So uh, that, to me, is kind of where the line gets, because if this game gets 10 nothing, 14 nothing, all of a sudden I think the spread should be Chiefs by 21, Chiefs by 28, because I think this thing could unravel in a hurry if the Titans are forced to do something that they're not very good at, which is go out there and try to sling the football around the field. I do feel like that 
for Jesse to truly be on the Chiefs beat, he needs to see a, just a random Chiefs awful game against the Titans uh, <laughs> because the rest of us all get it within our first year. So that needs to happen at some point, I feel like. Heck, my favorite one was one we haven't mentioned, and that was a game that was played at Arrowhead in 2016 where the Chiefs were struggling. It was you know, a Chiefs playoff team, the first of their six uh, straight division winning teams. And the Chiefs were struggling to put away the Titans. And uh, it was the, one of the coldest games in, in Arrowhead history. It's like one degree at kickoff. Chiefs finally got a lead, but uh, the Titans were in position to win it. Ryan Suckup kicking for the Titans then gets on the field for like a 50-yarder. He misses it. It's short. The Chiefs win. But Andy Reid had called timeout to freeze the kicker on one of the coldest days at Arrowhead history. With a second chance, suck up just barely crosses the uh, the kick crosses the, the crossbar, and it's a nineteen to seventeen Titans victory. Um, again, Chiefs were a big favorite in that game. So you're right, the rando Chiefs Titans game needs to be experienced by all new beat writers. That is absolutely the case. All right, hey, Kadarius Tony, is we're going to see him this week, or we're going to are we going to see him on the inactive list? What? Jesse, what's the what's the deal with Kadarius Tony? Interesting, uh, you know, player that the Chiefs picked up in a trade this week. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they've been kind of been talking about Andy Reid wants to see him throughout the course of a whole week. Uh, I think you obviously saw a couple weeks ago when the Chiefs faced the 49ers how uh, the 49ers are able to get Christian McCaffrey out there. But I just think it's so much different to have a running back where you basically have inside zone, outside zone. You know, I mean, like like it's it's pretty much the same plays across the league where as a receiver, especially in the chiefs offense, that's a little bit more difficult. Now the wild card here is punt return, which Kadarius Tony has done in the past. The chiefs obviously have a need for a reliable punt returner, even though yesterday Dave Tope said they're still going to work with sky Moore. They still believe in his long-term vision, but you know, the fact that Kadarius Tony was taking punts here at practice this week, potentially he could help in that sort of way. But I don't know if he does play, I would think it'd be a very limited package. I would think you would just have a few plays in there for him. You would sub him in and then sub him out. But, you know, it wouldn't shock me at all if he was just on the inactive list and kind of get him moving forward, get him uh, to a place where he's more comfortable with the offense. Because, you know, we've been talking about the course of the season. Sky Moore is still adjusting to the offense. I mean, the, the guys, Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling seem more comfortable now than they were, you know, six, seven weeks ago. So I think it's a tough position for him to walk into. Unless there's a few gadget plays for him to run, I would say the Chiefs might just take the conservative route, but that doesn't factor in punt returning as well. So I guess we'll see what they do with the roster shakeup, but Andy Reid really hasn't shown his hand on that just quite yet. Does yeah, Trent go, go ahead, Sam. Well, the the tricky part about this is because he plays a, a different position. I mean, he plays wide receiver. It's tough to dress six wide receivers on game day. And so, I mean, if you dress him, do you – do you not dress Justin Watson, for example? Um, Dave Tobe made a point to to express his confidence in Sky Moore. I mean, he had that line ready to go so many times that, you know, he he used it five or six times saying, not giving up on Sky Moore, um, that he still has confidence in Sky Moore. Now, that group is dwindling. <laughs> um, I, I find it hard to, to have a good reason to put Sky Moore back at punt returner when you have other options. I mean, even when he's – effectively even caught the ball step one in that job it's not like he's been effective as a returner and this is a new job for him he didn't do it in college so you didn't acquire Kadarius Tony to just get a punt returner but he is a punt returner 
And to me, I think you address them because you need that right now. Um, but otherwise, you know, I looked at I looked at Tony as more of an addition for next year um, and beyond, you know, with their wide receiver situation with Juju on a one year deal. He's going to get more money this offseason. Um, and McCall Hardman on the last year of, of his contract. Um, and didn't, uh, but didn't Tobe also kind of suggest that uh, Sky may be sharing the responsibility uh, with with others now? He said he wasn't sure if, if Sky was going to start at the position. He said he would be in the mix. Uh, so yeah, and listen, they have other options. I mean, if you're talking about just catching the punt, McCall Hardman's still on the team. You know, like this isn't super complicated. I mean, the guy's been their punt returner for the last four years. I know that there's the temptation to not have him out there and then want him to do the next offensive play. But if you're just asking him to fair catch and beat the Titans that you're 12 and a half point favorites against and not make a, a, a vital error, there's always that. You know, Trent McDuffie, uh, Dave Tobe talked in the preseason about how he was the most reliable when he just come to, came to catching the football. He did some of the punt returning in college. Probably too much for him this week in his first week back, but that's an option down the line as well. Uh, and then Tony and obviously more. So the Chiefs have some options here. I did talk to Sky Moore in the locker room yesterday and just asked him about it. And, uh, you know, he said that Dave Tobe actually had a, a specific conversation with him this week and just basically uh, said, hey, let's start fresh. You know what I mean? Like what's happened has happened. Let's work on getting better every day. And, and Sky said, hey, that helped me. I, I, you know, I, I want to sharpen my craft. I want to do better in the future, all those sorts of things. And uh, he says it hasn't shattered his confidence. Again, what do you want him to say to a sports reporter who's asking him? You don't want him to say that, uh, you know, that it has shattered his confidence. But I think Sam makes a good point there, which is like, you don't want this to affect all the rest of what's going on with him. Because to me, I think the future for Sky Moore potentially into the season to help them out a receiver is so valuable that you shouldn't let punt return and, and whatever is not going right get in the way of that. But we'll see. As you said, uh, Sam, Dave was ready yesterday to come out and, and talk about how uh, they still had faith in Sky Moore, and they were still going to you know, look at him as a long-term answer to that position. So we'll see how it plays out the rest of the season. But, again, I, I just don't know why, if you just want a fair catch of the football, why you couldn't just stick McCall back there and be very confident that that's going to happen. Let's, let's touch on this quickly. I want to get to Sam's column earlier this week about the rookie class. But um, what about the you – know, with Derrick Henry and um, – and, and, coming to Arrowhead and Frank Clark not being available because of the suspension. Um, is it just a matter of activating someone like Josh Kando and putting him in the rotation? you got to account for the Frank Clark snaps. Um, the, to me, what, comp what may complicate this is, you know, Chris Jones has been at his pass rushing best from the outside. I'm not sure you can afford to do that. You've got to have, uh, you, you've got to have strength in the middle against Tennessee. Um, Derek Nottie not having a great season. Colin Saunders is having a good year. I don't know. Do you, does Chris Jones, do you sacrifice kind of his pass rushing ability from the outside to keep him inside um, because the absence of Frank Clark? Maybe I'm overthinking it, but uh, I just think there's uh, Chiefs might have to do some adjusting to defend Derek Henry. Well, I think it's just a one for one because Mike Dana hasn't played the past few okay. weeks and he'll be back. Um, I think he just he just fills in. But, you know, Chris Jones strength on the inside when he's there is still pass rush. He's not a great run defender. You mentioned it, though, Blair. I mean, we haven't talked a lot about it. Derek Nottie's in a contract year and has not played well. And that is supposed to be his strength as well as run defending. It'll be interesting to see how much he's on the field on Sunday. 
Yeah, Chris Jones has gotten better this year because I'm obviously Pro Football Focus's top rated defensive player. A lot of that is going just to the motor and energy level he's had on the inside guarding the run. But I agree with you, Sam. If you go back and watch some of this all 22 video, Derek Naughty has gotten displaced when the Chiefs are giving up gains in the run game and they've struggled lately in the run game. So uh, I do think maybe that's sort of what you're looking at. And that's why even last week when I was thinking about the Chiefs and potential moves they might make just for the short term, you might think about, hey, uh, what's an interior defensive lineman? What what can they do for you? So we'll see how the Chiefs play this. But, uh, you know, it, Frank Clark's the big name, but Sam kind of said it earlier. He had a really good game against San Francisco. He bent, beat Trent Williams around the outside to uh, to get that safety. But overall, for the course of this whole season, he's been okay. You know what I mean? So losing him, I think, is probably not as damaging as many fans might believe. Okay, I want to get to this. Uh, Sam, I really enjoyed the the, the rookie report card, um, and it's so appropriate this year because there's so many, right? I mean, there, there are 10 members of the draft class, and, and so many have played, and, uh, and the Chiefs are counting on several of these guys to contribute. As you were, as you were um, uh, handing out the grades, uh, what, what, should, uh, what should Chiefs fans be concerned about, and is, are, are there any, like, pleasant surprises uh, in the performance of the of the rookie class so far this year? Yeah, I mean, so far they've gotten much better value out of their late-round picks than they have their early-round picks, which falls in line with the trend since Brett Veach started taking over the drafts. Um, you know, I mean, I did make my grades, you know, on a curve. So, of course, you know, a seventh-round pick needs to do less, you know, to get a good grade than a first-round pick might. Now, there's the qualifier that, their very first pick in that draft has only played 30-some snaps this year, Trent McDuffie. And he didn't allow a completion in those snaps in Arizona. Like, I, I think Trent McDuffie is going to be a solid pick. That's not going to be a pick the Chiefs regret. Um, you go down the line at the the top of that draft afterwards, though, and, you know, Karloftis has not been terribly impressive. He's not been terrible. Um, I still think he's going to end up having a pretty high floor, but – I'm less optimistic that his ceiling is going to be particularly high. Um, Sky Moore is is Sky Moore was the toughest grade on there because there's some advanced metrics that show he's been pretty good at getting open. It's just not showing up in his receptions. And of course, we've already talked about his punt returning struggles. He's had two fumbles. Um, but you know, I think Leo Chanel's not done much. Then all of a sudden, you get in the fourth round and later, and the Chiefs have some pretty good picks. I mean. One of the reasons you could you can trade um, Rashad Fenton is you picked up two cornerbacks in the fourth and seventh round who are playing for you and contributing for you. I don't know that the Chiefs beat the Chargers without Jalen Watson's pick six. I'd, I'd say they probably don't. He's a seventh-round pick. I mean, I don't know how many guys in the, teams in the NFL are starting a cornerback. Now, part of that is because of injury that are starting a cornerback who makes a play like that for him. I mean, cornerback is the toughest position, I think, to come in and suddenly play as a rookie. And we're also talking about guys that didn't play the greatest competition. I mean, Joshua Williams is a D2 guy who looks like eventually he's going to belong at some point. So they, they did really well at the back half of the draft. The first half is, you know, still, I, I think, to be determined. But there's nobody I just look at and say, that guy's not going to make it. Um, you know, when I'm talking about the, those top half guys. You know, it's interesting. You could you could make a case that Sky Moore has cost the Chiefs a game and and uh, Jalen Watson won a game for the, for the Chiefs. 
Good point. Yeah. Um, it's you know it's 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 such a large draft class, and and the Chiefs are um, are depend so much on 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 these guys. Um, but you know the reason it was a lot. One of the reasons it was a large draft class was because of the the picks acquired in the Tyree Kill trade. And, uh, you know, other, there were other uh, reasons that was a, uh, there was a 10-member class. And next year's, even with the – was it a, con, a conditional seventh-rounder for Rashad Fenton? For, and next year, I think it was. But even, even with that, it's, a, it's right now the Chiefs are sitting on 10 or 11 picks for next year. Yeah, and, you know, it's one of the reasons I think you could afford to make a trade like they did for Kadarius Toney that, that cost you two draft picks. I mean, the, the Chiefs saw in training camp, it's it's really difficult to squeeze 10 rookies onto your initial 53-man roster. I mean, that's 20% of your roster. And, you know, Nazi Johnson was the only one that didn't make it out of camp. I think all of us were surprised Darius Kennard did. Um, but you got to sacrifice some guys you like some veterans, some guys who have experience when you try and squeeze 10 guys on your roster. So you're right, Blair, but this is the path the Chiefs have chosen. You know, they've, they've chosen to build their team through the draft. It's the most sustainable long-term plan that, you know, the good NFL teams have that compete year after year. But part of that is because you're going to be paying the quarterback a heck of a lot of money, and you already are starting this year. It's what the Bills are going to be facing here pretty soon. Um, once once uh, Josh Allen gets his big deal, so uh, yeah, it's you, you certainly can't fault uh, you know you know ha- having to pay Mahomes and then coming up with a draft class in which they're getting uh, several significant contributions. Um, the, the plan's working so far, and uh, we'll, this will you know be a topic for a later later in the season but it looks like the chiefs are on their way to a seventh straight division title in a year that um you know a, a rookie heavy year for the chiefs when the three other teams in the division went uh, you know splat free agent splash signings in the off season so uh we have plenty of time to get to that and uh we're going to wrap it up for today thanks to rob sarah steven for weighing in thanks to our producer George Howard, who is a Tennessee Titans fan and a frustrated one at that. So, uh, George, maybe uh, maybe the Titans magic will will, uh, will appear at Arrowhead on Sunday night football. That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to our production crew of Monty Davis, George Howard, Randy Mason, and Jeff Rosen. Tip of the cap to Sam McDowell, Jesse Newell, and Herbie Teope for sharing their insights. Morning Sports Edition, a terrific product is a 52-page monster today. All the sports you want to read about are in this digital newspaper. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com for more information. A reminder that our next Sportsbeat KC will be Monday when we talk Chiefs again the day after their Sunday night football game against the Titans. So no live show after the game. That'll happen at 10 a.m. on Monday. Hope you can join us. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports BKC where we talk sports in Kansas City every day. <laughs>